Father in heaven, we come to your tremendous word, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word is living, sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, I pray that it might pierce through to our souls, Lord, and that we might understand, Lord, who you are and what you have planned for us as your children. Thank you, Father, for calling us your very own through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2? We're going to start there. Ephesians chapter 2. And we're beginning a series tonight I titled, Reigning with Christ. Reigning with Christ. This this idea of reigning with Christ uh, has just been on my mind and heart for weeks. It just it keeps coming back to me when I look at the world we live in, and I look at uh, the governments of the world and how corrupt they are. The leadership, the presidents, the kings, and and everybody underneath them, and all the sin and depravity, and that uh, sin is being uh, exalted, and righteousness uh, is being mocked, there's going to come a day when our Lord Jesus Christ is going to reign here on planet Earth. That day is coming. And according to the Scriptures, as we will see, we will have the great joy and privilege of reigning under him, reigning with Christ. But I want to begin here because the Apostle Paul puts, it, uh, puts us in a place where sometimes it's easy to forget uh, this position. Now, our position, once we're saved, uh, I am sanctified, I am justified, And I belong to Jesus Christ. He lives in me. But here's something wonderful to remember tonight. And we pick it up at verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins or our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, here's the key. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in where? The heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He raised us up. We've been raised up with him when Christ was raised up from the dead. He was raised to heaven. It says we were raised up with him. And when he was seated at the right hand of God, we are seated there with him in heavenly places. And we'll come back to that in a minute. But why? Why are we there? And why are we raised in, and placed in, in, heavenly, in, in the heavenly places next to Christ? In order that the ages, in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace 
in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Right there, we see what God has planned and had planned for all of us who are in Christ. That in the ages to come, that means forever and ever, the future, in ages to come, he, God, might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying here, dear friends, tonight is that God wanted to lavish his grace upon us, upon you and upon me, so that for ages to come, we might be a trophy of his grace. And what better way for God, the Father, to put us on display as trophies of grace than with his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father now. But this phrase here, some people try and... and, and there's been some debate on verse 6. You know... What does it mean? Raised, he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, it's a past tense there. He already raised us up. We are already there. Now, I see you. You see me. You don't look like you're in heaven right now. And neither do I. We're not. But yet, according to the scriptures here, He has raised us up and seated us with Christ in the heavenlies. This is is a uh, spiritual uh, uh, truth that though we aren't there physically yet, we are spiritually with Christ. When we, we died with Christ, then we were raised with Christ. And... And so, first, I want you to remember that as we, we're going to be looking into the millennial reign of Christ and how we are going to reign with him, that he desires us to reign with him. It, we cannot understand why God would do such a thing, but it's in order to, to show the surpassing riches of his grace. But we are seated today spiritually with Christ right now. And what is he at the right hand of God the Father for us today. What is he doing for us? What is the Son of God doing for us right now? Yes, Bob, thank you. He's interceding for us. So it's as if we are with him, and then when we, are, when we have sinned here on earth, our Lord Jesus Christ turns to the Father and says, my blood covered that child. He's, he belongs to you. He belongs to me. He's been saved by my blood. Father, forgive his sins. And he intercedes for us and, uh, with the Father, that the Father would be, continue to show grace and mercy to us uh, when, when we do fall short and we do sin. But I also want you to turn now to Revelation chapter 20. So there's a spiritual reigning there. Uh, seated, if we're seated in the heavenlies, it's, it seems to be that we're, some people think that means we're reigning spiritually in heaven, though we are here on earth. 
But yet, we are not reigning there in heaven. Uh, And here's where we are going to find that that there are different interpretations uh, of the scriptures. Okay? And I was taught and and went to school and studied under great Bible teachers. And as I studied the word for myself, uh, I, I began to accept what I think is, is true, is that the Bible needs to be understood literally, historically, grammatically. It has to be taken in context and for the most part, you have to, we have to take what is written literally unless it specifically shows us it is symbolic or it's metaphorical. But sadly, today uh, and through the past number of, of years and centuries, uh, there's been a, a turn away from taking the scriptures literally. Have you not seen that? So people basically will say, no, you can't, you can't say that that's really going to happen or that's, that's literal. You don't take that literally. Once, you, once we stop taking the Bible literally, you can make that say anything you want. I can tell you if, this, if what we read isn't literal here, I can stand up here and I, basically I can preach to you and tell you what I think this says. And you can't argue with me. Because it's spiritual, because it's, I'm putting, giving an application. I say, well, this is, metaphorically speaking, this is what God is trying to say. And that's how we get off into all kinds of tangents and, and doctrines and other things. Now, we have brothers and sisters in Christ who hold different positions on future events, okay? And in our study here of reigning with Christ... I'm going to be focusing on what I believe the scriptures speak about this as literally you and I will reign with Christ physically here on the earth one day. Now, I'm not going to go through all the, the different uh, positions that, that other Bible teachers have and other schools. Um, and you, you've heard them all. Uh, I, uh, I guess you put me in the camp of pre-millennial, uh, pre-tribulation, and pre-millennial in the sense that I believe that, that uh, the tribulation is literal and that Christ is coming to, in the heavens to rapture the church away before the tribulation period begins. And then I believe that he is coming again at the end of the tribulation period He's coming physically from heaven to earth with us, and he will come back to earth, conquer his enemies, the Antichrist, false prophet, and Satan, and then Jesus is going to reign literally a thousand years here on earth. And so that is is the premillennial and pre-trib position. There's millennial a trib and there's also post millennial post trip you can go hunting and read that stuff to, all over that if you want but 
But here we believe, and I believe, that that the reigning of the believer with Christ and the reigning of Christ one day on earth is to be taken literally. So when we go to Revelation here, we're going to take this literally, okay? Not just symbolisms, even though there is symbolism in Revelation. But look with me at Revelation 20, and this is the future that's going to happen. This is, this is at the end of the tribulation period, okay? Jesus returns from heaven, okay? And he takes the false uh, prophet. Well, let, just go back to uh, chapter 19 there. Look at verse 20. Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was seized, and that's the Antichrist, of course, and with him the false prophet, who performed the signs in, the, in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. So, God disposes of the, of the Antichrist, the beast, and the false prophet, and of course all those who assembled against him under him, under the Antichrist. And look at verse 21. And the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat upon the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Now, that's kind of a, a gory picture, but... What it's talking about is it's the word of God, the word coming out of Jesus' mouth as he rides on a white horse with us. You recall that back in earlier in chapter 19 that the heavens opened, white horse came out from heaven, and the one who sat on him was faithful and true and righteous, and his eyes were a flame of fire, his head many diadems and his name was written upon him no one knew except him clothed in blood but out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to smite the nations so jesus comes and then with that with that he he says that uh there will be armies of heaven following with him on white horses and that that includes i believe that speaks of the saints who are all, we've been raptured away. This is the end of the tribulation period. We have our glorified bodies. We will be riding white horses when we come, come back. I don't know how many of you have ever, uh, well, I know some of you know this name. And uh, he's a trumpeter from a number of years ago, but he's still playing today. He's still alive. Phil Driscoll. Anybody remember the name Phil Driscoll? His, his music, I, I've really been enjoying some of his music. I've, I've found some of it on YouTube and, uh, and some of the songs he's written, because he sings also. You'd be surprised at, at his wonderful songs he's written and sung as well as played the trumpet. But there's a song that he wrote called Riding With Him. That's what the name of the song is, Riding With Him. And, he's, and in the song, he talks about this very thing, that when Jesus returns, he says, and I'm going to be riding with him on a horse. You know, it, it, coming to the victory, 
And so uh, I, I just love that picture and this scene. So now Jesus has returned to earth, okay? And if we go back to uh, here, uh, Revelation 20, then we, let's pick it up at verse 1. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he should not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. That's according to God's sovereign plan. There's this, now all of a sudden, we're hearing about this thousand years. And what is this thousand years? This is a thousand years after Jesus returns to earth. Okay, and then we come to verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark upon their forehead or upon their hand. End of verse 4. And they came to life, which means they were resurrected from the dead, and reigned with Christ for how long? There it is, a thousand years. Reigned with Christ, and they, they, they were, uh, came back to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Verse 5, the rest of of the dead did not come to life and these are that the rest of the dead are the unsaved okay those who who who, uh, who are, were lost the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were complete but this this resurrection of those that were martyred this is the first resurrection okay so the key is understanding first resurrection and a second resurrection in, in the future. The first resurrection is for believers, which includes the Old Testament saints, which, will be, which also will be raised from the dead at this time, as well as the tribulation saints, and they, they will be raised up from the dead. But the, look, look at what it says in verse 6 about the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. Here in verse 6, we, we see that the ones who are blessed and holy are those who take part or have a part in the first resurrection. Now, we read about 
the martyrs being raised from the dead, and they are blessed because they are part of the first resurrection. But what we need to understand is the first resurrection encompasses the beginning of the tribulation period and the end of the tribulation period right here when Jesus returns physically to earth. So you could say this, that the, the first resurrection of all believers is in two parts. First part is when the trumpet sounds, and it could be tonight, and as Paul talked about the rapture of the church, in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, What's going to happen first when the trumpet sounds? Do you remember? The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are what? Alive? Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That's a resurrection right there. That is the resurrection of our loved ones and those who are in Christ. Souls are in heaven, but their bodies have not been resurrected yet. But because they've been given everlasting life, eternal life, at the moment of the trumpet, at the, at the rapture, when the rapture takes place, the dead in Christ will rise, their bodies will be changed and glorified, and, uh, and they will reunite with their soul in heaven and we will meet them in their glorified bodies. And at that same moment, we who are still alive right now, we're going to be changed. We're not going to have to go through death. But it will be an, an instant change where we will rise up. Our bodies, these bodies will no longer be uh, the c- corrupt, cursed bodies that are going to die. But we're going to be given in that instant a glorified body and a body like our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? That's what's going to happen. That is part, the first part of the first resurrection. We just read the second part of the first resurrection. I hope I'm not losing you here. Okay. Cause there, there's a lot, there's a lot in this and I'll, I'm, I'm not trying to go, I'll try not to go too deep with this, but so we can understand. But notice he says in verse six there, He talks about uh, those who are part of the first resurrection, remember, which includes those who have been resurrected at the rapture and also those who've been resurrected when Jesus returns physically to earth. And those who had a part in the first resurrection, they're blessed and holy. Why? Because over these people, the second death has no power the second death has no power and what is the second death well we know the first death what what would be the first death it's a it's a physical death here on earth when a person dies physically but there is a second death and we and we we are told what that is at the end of, uh, uh, in the middle of chapter 21. So slip over to Revelation 21 and look with me at verse 8. Revelation 21, verse 8. John writes, 
but for the cowardly and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, okay? So basically, they're all unbelievers. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. What did we we just read where um, who was thrown into this this lake of fire with brimstone? The Antichrist and the false prophet. Look what it says. But all all unbelievers are going to have their part, are going to experience the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. End of verse 8 which is the second death. See that there? Which is the second death. So what is the second death? It's an eternal dying. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the permanent, the final hell, the lake of fire that we, we believe is, we take literally because we're, do we take the scriptures literally? There's a real uh, place that, that uh, is, uh, is a lake of fire that God prepared for Satan and his angels, but also now for all unbelievers throughout history, and they are going to experience that. And this is called the second death. And the second death, the difference between first death and second, of course, the first one is our physical one here, but we only experience it once, and then it's over. But the second death is an eternal death in a lake of fire, which will go forever and ever and ever and ever. So it's like a living death, like going through death, but you're not dying. It's a horrible thought to think of this. But you and I, it says here, we are the blessed ones and we are the holy ones because we have, we have been partakers of the first resurrection. So you and I have that hope. We are going to be resurrected with Christ, and we are going to reign with him someday. And so there in Revelation, Revelation 20, uh, <clears throat> go, uh, go, go back with me again, if you would, to Revelation 20. And as you look at, again, verse 4, Notice the beginning of verse 4. John said, I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. Again, if we are going to understand this to be literal, which I believe it is, then we're talking about literal thrones with literal people giving literal judgment, giving the power to judge, right? And then, then it speaks of those who, who were martyred for their faith during the tribulation period. And it says they came to life at this time and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. So, so we take those thrones to be literal, those that sat on them and judgment was given to them. This, uh, this we believe is... Uh, would represent these thrones is what uh, the church is going to be sitting upon and reigning with Christ and for Christ on earth as well as the saints that came out of the tribulation period 
But then there's also going to be during the thousand-year reign of Christ, the literal reign of Christ, when he comes to earth again, he's going to reign, he's going to be king of all the earth, and he's going to be in total control. His righteousness and government will rule, and we'll read more about that. But we are going to reign with Christ in that day when, when we, after we are resurrected, we meet the Lord, and then we come back with the Lord, we are going to be part of his government, part of his government. And so th- that's what we're going we're gonna to be looking into and studying uh, in, the, in this, uh, the rest of our, our uh, study in, in the reigning with Christ. But in closing here this morning, I just wanted to give an introduction and that maybe that, that was a deep introduction, I guess. But, but I wanted to give you uh, an understanding of, of the timeline, okay, of, of uh, what is going to take place from the start of the rapture to the thousand-year reign of Christ that you and I are going to be part of. We are going to reign with our Lord Jesus Christ one day. He's going to put you on some kind of a throne, Somewhere in his kingdom here on earth, as he's going to, and, and we're going to read about the millennial, uh, the millennial kingdom as well, and look into that and t- take a, a look at what the world is going to be like when we are reigning with Christ, what, uh, what this world is going to turn into. It's, it blows your mind and it excites me. It excites me to know that Jesus chose me and Jesus chose you dear Christian tonight to reign with him someday for you are all right now spiritually seated with him in the heavenly so you're already there spiritually speaking he's raised you up but one day you will be physically raised up and I will be with him and then we will come and we will come back to earth on those white horses and we shall come to this earth and we will have a king that can't be voted off the throne. There's not going to be any voting. There's not going to be any election. There's going to be one king and one king only And he is the Lord Jesus Christ, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And he will sit upon his throne in Jerusalem and reign from there. And we will reign over this earth with him because that is what he said he would do with us. We have a glorious hope, dear Christian. When you go into this week, and you're weighed down and burdened with care and sickness and pain and, and whatever troubles are you're, you're carrying. Look ahead. Let's look ahead and see what does he have planned for me? A hope that I can't even put into words. But all we can say now is, even so, come Lord Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for sending your blessed Son to die on that cross for sinners like us. 
Father, he bore our sin and the punishment and the suffering and the pain and the nails that should have been ours. But Father, because of your grace, you sent your Son in our place. And Father, now, because we have put our faith in your Son for salvation, we here tonight realize, according to the Scriptures, that we have been raised up with him as we died with him spiritually when he died. We are raised with him in the heavenlies. And one day, Lord, what joy comes to our heart when we think we are going to come back to earth with you, with our Lord Jesus Christ and be part of his kingdom, but not just for that thousand years, but for eternity. Father, give us that hope and, and that comfort tonight from these promises, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.